0: Are you a follower of Jesus Christ who's done being quiet? Are you ready to tell the world whose you are, totally, fearlessly, and unapologetically? And are you ready to smash that imaginary wall that supposedly divides your career and faith life? Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, where we talk about living as a disciple of Christ in the world of work. Before we get to the content we have in store for you today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Are you a Christian-based organization? Well, so are we, and we're here to serve you. We wanna help you with your mission, so please visit ParagonMarketingGroup.com to see how we can help. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast. I am Paul M. Newberger, your host with the most, the founder of C-Suite for Christ, and it is a blessing to have you here today. We have got a very special guest. This guy is a good friend of mine. He has enriched my life, both personally and professionally. And if you're relatively new to the C-Suite for Christ organization, boy, howdy. I cannot wait to introduce you to this guy, the one, the only, the Pat Riley. Now, not the NBA basketball coaching legend with the slick back hair, although I'm sure this Pat Riley would like to have a hairdo like that Pat Riley. This is the Pat Riley, the CEO of New Horizons of Wisconsin. He's been a member of C-Suite for Christ for a couple of years now. He is what we call the C-Suite for Christ mop, not the cleaning utensil, but uh, he is the member optimization partner. He works closely with the new members of C-Suite for Christ and works with them to how to optimize their membership in our organization. He's got a compelling story. He's going to be coming up here in a little bit, and I have no doubt by the time this Pat Riley is done talking, you're going to love him just as much as I do. But what I'd like to do before we get to that point is I'd like to tell you a little bit about my background here and uh, particularly a a rather interesting story. So if you know me, you'll know that I have these severe workaholic tendencies. I've always kind of sort of been that way. And I think we're all products of our youth. So, you know, kind of how we grow up, the environment that which we grow up in, the atmosphere that we come from, it really all makes us who we are. And I'm very blessed to say I've got two very hardworking parents and they instilled this work ethic into my brother and I ever since we were really young. I had my first job when I was 15, maybe even 14, come to think of it. And the organization that I worked at first was an organization called the Blue Canary. It's down in uh, southeastern Wisconsin. And the Blue Canary was basically a wedding banquet facility that also had fish fries and hosted parties on the weekend. So if somebody wanted to get married, it was a banquet facility, did a really nice job there. Friday fish fries were absolutely outstanding. And that was my first job. It was nothing glamorous, but I was the dishwasher for the Blue Canary. I also did a little bit on the fish fry Fridays. Maybe I would do a little bussing of the tables. Also, um, you know, if it was a wedding on a Saturday and somebody says, uh oh, we're running low on ambrosia, red alert, red alert, we're running low on ambrosia. Newburger, run back to the kitchen and bring out a new pan or vat of ambrosia. That was my job. Again, it, it, it didn't require a PhD in nuclear physics. But that was my job. I I did the dishwashing. I did the bussing of tables. I, I refilled the food at the wedding banquets. You know, it taught me a lot the value of hard work. It taught me, you know, that I can be self sufficient because at 14, I was making decent money. What kind of expenses do you have when you're 14? Get a pack of Pokemon cards or baseball cards or whatever? I mean, it's not like it was costing me a lot of money, but. That was my job, and I was there for about two years. You know, made some pretty good friends along the way, built some camaraderie with the other dishwashers. I recruited some of my friends from school to work with me, and we had a lot of fun. But as I said, it wasn't the most glamorous job. And after somebody has 300 people at a quinceanera or a wedding or whatever the case may be, now you got to clean up. you got to sweep the floor. You got to take out the garbage. Uh, you know, we had this gigantic walk-in cooler and when you're running in and out very, very quickly to, to grab trays of food, you spill food. And you know, we, we did have a boss there. I'm not going to say what her name was, but, but she was not a very nice person. I don't know what was going on in her life. She was always bitter, always mean, didn't really seem to appreciate us, loved to go on these power trips. And, um, You know, one of the things that makes me me, and I developed this at a relatively young age, is, you know, I'm not going to be disrespectful, but I'm also not going to be a footstool for somebody. I'm not going to be a doormat. And there were times where she was just upset for no apparent reason, and she'd take it out on me. And when I would, in my own unique way, push back, again, I wasn't mean, but if I'd make a, a comment or two, or I would say, well, I'm glad to see Miss Sunshine is here. You know, just just something stupid like that that a 15-year-old might say when he doesn't like how he's being treated. She would assign me an extra crappy job, sometimes literally. You you just had 300 people here for a, a big blowout wedding. The bathrooms are an absolute mess. Two of the toilets are clogged and they're not clogged with enjoyable good stuff, if you know what I mean. I say something that I shouldn't say, something a little snarky. She assigns me one of those really dirty jobs. That was her way of being on a power trip to some degree. And I can tell you, there were times where I, I did the job half to the extent that I know that I could, maybe less than that. Maybe I didn't do the job altogether. Now, that didn't really always end well for me. You know, I I'd get yelled at or reprimanded or whatever. But I said, you know what? If she's going to treat me this way, if she's going to assign me this job, I'm going to do it to half of the level that I can. I'm going to cut corners. It's going to be a a, a crappy job. It's going to be a shoddy performance. And she's going to have to live with it because she's got to realize she can't talk to me this way. So she would push me around. She would bully me around. And I would not do the job that I knew that I was capable of as a way to get back at her. And that just created a cycle of pride, a cycle of ego. She was mad. I was mad. And there was really no good resolution there. Maybe you've experienced something like that in your life. Maybe you're currently going through something like that in your life where you just think of the person that you're working for and you don't don't have a lot of good warm and fuzzies for them. Maybe when they tell you to do something, your work performance isn't what it otherwise could be because you want to kind of get back at that person. Well, as we like to say here on the C-Suite for Christ podcast, there's a verse for this. And if you find yourself in a cycle like this, if you don't know what to do, if it's hurting your job satisfaction, if it's hurting your quality of life, let's turn to Colossians chapter three, verse 23, because I think this verse sums it up and says it all. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Let's say that again, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. When I, back at the Blue Canary days, back when I was a teenager, would get bossed around by this individual that nobody liked and we all wanted to kind of get back at her to some degree. When she assigned me a job, I performed that job as if I was working for a human master and my performance wasn't very good to get back at her out of spite, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, all that did was hurt myself. At the end of the day, that hurt my reputation. At the end of the day, I was not living up to what God wanted me to do. Now, I was too young to really kind of recognize that at the point, but you're not now, I'm not now, and it's not too late to start turning this thing around. Whatever you do, if you're a CEO, if you're a garbage man, if you're a stay-at-home parent, if you're a school teacher, if you're a count executive at your organization, it doesn't matter. There is no hierarchy in God's eye. Whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. One of the ways to give glory to God is not through a podcast like this. You don't have to have a silver tongue. You don't have to be very charismatic. You don't have to be on a windy street corner with a sandwich board telling people in a very prophetic way to repent of their sins and to start reading scripture. You don't need to do any of that stuff to glorify God. All you have to do is work at whatever job you have, whatever task is in front of you, whatever God has given you to do with all of your heart and look at it as if you're working for the Lord, not for human masters. When I was at the Blue Canary and I got stuck with one of these jobs that I absolutely despised. I shouldn't have looked at it as if, well, I'm working for this boss I can't like. I'm going to do a crappy job. No, it's a job I don't want to do. It's a job beneath my pay grade. It's a job I was assigned out of spite. But you know what? I work for God. This is going to be the most spotless toilet anybody's ever seen. This is going to be the cleanest gosh darn bathroom that anybody's ever walked into. In fact, you could eat a steak dinner off this bathroom floor because... I work for God, and by doing this job to the greatest extent possible, I'm going to give glory and honor to him. I don't want people to see me through this process. I want them to see God. Paul, you did a phenomenal job. Well, well thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just using the God-given talents and abilities that he so generously bestowed upon me to the highest level possible. Don't you think this would help your job satisfaction a little bit more? Don't you think this would make you feel better about your lot in life a little bit more? And here's the other thing. If you go about your day working for the Lord, not for human masters, as it tells us in Colossians chapter 3, Verse 23, don't you think you're going to be better at your job? And if you're better at your job, don't you think you're going to be noticed? And if you're going to be noticed, don't you think you're going to be rewarded in some way? Maybe a promotion, maybe better pay, maybe increased job responsibilities. Don't you think that's more likely to happen? And the answers are resounding yes. We don't do these things for earthly rewards primarily. We don't do these things so we can get recognized and get edification from our bosses primarily. We do them because God is our master. God is our boss. We grow where we're planted. We use the talents and abilities he's given us to the fullest extent possible to glorify him, to honor him, to put the spotlight on him, to call attention to him. And whatever comes of that, comes of that. It's a lesson I wish I knew back when I was at the Blue Canary. It's a lesson I try to take into every interaction that I have with a client, with an employee, with whatever I'm doing in life. And it's something that I pray you are going to take to heart as well. Our guest today has a story just like this. Pat Riley is a C Suite for Christ member. He's also the CEO of New Horizons of Wisconsin. And he treats every single day, every single interaction, every single communication as if he's working for the Lord not for human masters. He's an inspiring guy. I guarantee you he's going to get your blood flowing and we're going to hear that interview here in just a moment. You're listening to the C-Suite for Christ podcast. We'll be right back. (laughs) All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Pat Riley, not the basketball coach, even better. This is the Pat Riley, president and CEO of New Horizons of Wisconsin. Pat, it's a blessing to have you on the program, sir.
1: Thank you. And it is way better than the basketball coach. It's not even my close. It's my, hair is, my hair is better.
0: Yes. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, yeah, it's a bit of a horse race there, but I'm certainly glad that you're here. You're the Pat Riley that we want to be talking to here today. So my first question for you, New Horizons of Wisconsin, what's that all about? What do you guys do and why should we care about it?
1: Sure. Uh, We are the the state's largest IT and business skills firm, Uh, and we do two things. We work with individuals. Who are looking to get into IT as a career, uh, and those are folks who are maybe early on in their careers and are interested in post-college or even instead of college going into IT as a career, and we work with those folks uh, through state agencies, through individual funding, through a variety of sources to get them trained in a matter of weeks, not semesters or years to get them certified in uh, enterprise level technologies and what i mean by that are technologies that businesses care about the ones that get paid uh, and our and our, our tagline is learn what earns and so we're training people on the technologies that they need to be able to get jobs in i.t that are high paying jobs and, uh, and we have been very, very successful in that. One area that I just wanna point out real briefly that I'm extremely proud of uh, is we are working with government agencies uh, such as food stamps and welfare programs, taking people off of government uh, subsidized programs and putting them in IT jobs. It is something that they said could not be done it is only being done here in Wisconsin, and we are very, very proud of that. And that's one side of our business. The other side of our business, very, very important to C-Suite for Christ members, is our business side, where we work with enterprises that are bringing in new technologies or upgrading technologies, and we train their folks on those new technologies. And we have over 800 different unique classes that we deliver live every day, all the time.
0: Yeah, excellent stuff. And what I love about this, Pat, is this is a ministry that you're doing on an ongoing, regular basis. I mean, you are liberating people. You are freeing people. You are allowing individuals to realize their God-given potential, and God bless you for it. And that's one of the things that I love about being associated with you. The other thing I love about being associated with you is you've got a love for the Lord. You are an inspiring human being. And I know you and I love to bust chops from time to time, but I'll pay you a compliment. You are an inspiration to me and you make me better just by being around you. And and it's not just me that feels that way. And I know one of the Bible verses that you care passionately about is the theme of today's podcast, Colossians chapter three, verse 23. Again, for our listeners, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Mm -hmm. I love that verse. I know you love it too. What does Colossians 3.23 mean for you, Pat?
1: Well, it was a a huge change in my mindset when I became saved uh, at a little bit of an older age than a lot of people. Younger than some, older than others, but it was about five years ago. Our company is about eight years old. So we had been struggling, banging our heads against the wall, trying to do things, uh, trying to do the right things, always. But it wasn't until I was saved and was able to really understand that none of my business is mine. It's all Jesus's. It's all Jesus's. And I am simply a steward of his resources. And his resources are the things, the computers that we have and the, and the places that we have. But it's also the people that he has brought into my life, uh, many of whom are Christians, and uh, that I am responsible for those people's uh, uh, growth and accountability and happiness. And, and when when I can do those things, they will then take that and spread it to the Wisconsin community, and that is exactly what has happened. We've had we've had you know exponential growth over the last uh, two years. It has been uh, tremendous to see uh, the, um, the number of people that we have connected with, that we have helped. We have put hundreds of people into IT jobs in the state of Wisconsin. We're going to do hundreds more moving forward and it is just a blessing to see uh one of the things that i I do is on my uh, organizational chart above where it has my name and my title uh in parentheses i have jc and that is for my entire organization to see that while the buck stops with me the organization stops with him
0: yeah i love that Yeah. Amen to that. That's outstanding. Walk us through this a little bit, because as you know, with C-Suite for Christ, the vast majority of our audience, not all, but the vast majority of our audience are individuals in a position of executive decision-making authority. And I think one of the hardest things we have to do as leaders is make decisions. Heavy is the head that wears the crown kind of a thing. It's not an easy thing. These are decisions that impact people's lives. These are decisions that can make or break our respective businesses. Walk me through this, Pat. So you were saved about five years ago. Outstanding. That's always wonderful to hear. Prior to being saved, what did that decision-making process look like when you made decisions when you looked at everything as yours versus after being saved when you made decisions looking at everything as belonging to God? What, what, how does that decision-making process go now, and what are you finding— as a result, is different between making decisions based on when you think you own everything versus when it's on loan from Jesus?
1: If if I'm purely honest, and, and I have to be, it was much more selfish previously. It was much more about the bottom line. It was much more about what is the revenue going to be, what are our expenses going to be, and what do I get out of it at the end? And today, it is much more about What kind of an impact can we make on people's lives and how many lives can we touch and how many people can we make, can we have an impact on to have a better life? And if we do that, if we do those things that really matter, that really improve people's lives, their well-being, the well-beings of their families, guess what? The bottom line takes care of itself. And that mind, sh- mind shift for me was very much about my spiritual journey because it was uh, it was no longer about me. And it isn't about me. It is about the world that we inhabit and how we can follow you know, Jesus' great commandment at the end, which is to put God first and to love our neighbors as ourselves. When when I can through my company. Take uh, a, an African American woman with two kids, uh, you know, living off a of Capitol Drive uh, in in downtown Milwaukee, and give her a job where she's making seventeen or eighteen dollars an hour with benefits within six weeks of her interacting with my company. I've done God's work. I've done God's work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I read that thoroughly. Absolutely. So, so talk to me a little bit if you can about, so obviously I know you're a man of faith. It's evident in how you treat people. It's evident in your passions, but how outspoken are you about your faith? with respect to what you do at New Horizons of Wisconsin. Now, now you know this is a passion of mine. This is one of the things that we aspire right. to do with respect to C-Suite for Christ. But society will tell you, you got to be quiet about that stuff. You don't want to offend anybody. You don't want to ruffle any feathers. You don't want to turn anybody off by talking about that God thing or being too in somebody's face with faith. How do you navigate those waters? And what does being an advocate for Christ look like between you and the outside world?
1: For me, it's been a journey. Uh, Initially, I was very closed off. I was very, um, it was very personal to me. It was very important to me, but it was very much about uh, my initial walking with the Lord and walking with Jesus and learning the Bible, learning uh, the Scripture, and so that I could have a common language, so that I could have a common understanding. And that I felt that I I was at a position where I could at least talk intelligently about some of these things before I started to really branch out. But what I noticed was people were treating me a little bit differently because they could see there was a change going on in my heart in the way that I was reacting to things, in the way that I was talking to people, in the way that I was making decisions based on factors that were you know, outside of what was best for Pat Riley, it was what was best for other people. And, um, you know, I'm very, very fortunate. I had 10 people on day one, eight years ago, seven of those people are still with me, along with, you know, dozens more, obviously, as we've grown. Um, I, I just hired someone and I found myself during the hiring process, telling that person, I just want you to know we are a Christian organization. And it just came out of my mouth. And I found that as part of my journey that, that this is now who we are. And that I just wanted her to understand that. And there was a pause and I thought, uh-oh, you know, have I overset my bounds? And, and she looked at me on the video and she said, that is exactly what I'm looking for. Please send me an offer and I will accept it. And we didn't negotiate money. I just gave her a fair offer. She took it and she's been working with us now for a few weeks and is doing wonderful. So it, it is becoming more of my language outside of the norm.
0: Yeah, and what I like about that is you often hear one side of the coin. Don't lead with faith. Don't talk about faith. You might ruffle some feathers, you might offend somebody. But you don't often hear about the other side, about how if somebody is spiritually inclined, if somebody also loves the Lord, that can form an immediate impact, that can form an immediate connection at a deep emotional level, cut through a lot of the stuff, a lot of the pleasantries, boom, you're a brother, I'm a brother, or a sister in Christ, whatever the case may be, and you're able to get a lot further faster because you share this very common bond, and that was very obvious in the story that you just told. The other thing that I like about the verse, Colossians 3.23, again, to read it one more time, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Is working for the Lord, not for human masters. I think based on what we've been discussing up to this point, it makes obvious sense that we'd be talking about what you do at New Horizons of Wisconsin. That's what you do for work. But what's nice about this to some degree, too, is this verse is not just talking about what we do professionally, how we provide for our families. But whatever you do, if you're loading the dishwasher, if you're cutting the grass, if you're sure. uh, doing homework with your kids, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord. So Pat, as a successful business professional, it's obvious how you've taken this mentality to New Horizons of Wisconsin, but how have you also adopted Colossians 3.23 in your personal life?
1: Well, I think that that my children would would tell you uh, that my patience uh, has gotten a lot longer than it used to be, and that I've become more of a mentor and, um, and, and a better listener than I used to be, uh, as opposed to, you know, just do this because I, I know the answer because I'm older than you are and those sorts of things, but really helping them to find their paths and their truths. And and not all of my children are Christian, and I and I look at that as something that is a real um, a challenge, uh, and and something that I need uh, to put effort and uh, and time into working with them. And 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 we've had conversations on it, and, and we've gotten closer. And and I think that um, you know as I look at my journey, uh, you know it took me a while, and and I'm hoping that they will. Uh, you know, see the changes in me, see the, see the, the positive results, um, you know, see the closeness that my wife and I have in Christ, uh, and uh, that they will want to emulate that and be a part of that, um, as opposed to, um, you know, leading a more, uh, you know, kind of a tactical uh, lifestyle and, and uh, you know, worried about, you know, things that are not as uh, spiritual in nature. And, um, you know, we're fortunate that we haven't had anybody reject the Lord, but, um, you know, you know, two of my children are not embracing it either. And so that's, that's something that weighs on on us and weighs on me. And, and, um, and, and so that's a challenge. And, and that's just very, that's a very personal, um, you know, antidote about, you know, what is going on in in my life. You know, I'm not perfect. And um, we all have a ways to go in our journeys. And, and that's part of uh, what I want them to see what I want them to feel what I want them to hear, uh, and what I want them to want to participate in.
0: Yeah, and I really appreciate you sharing that. I mean, you certainly do have a servant's heart. I know how important your family is to you. And yeah, I mean, if this was one of those things that we had all the answers were infallible and everything we do is roses and sunshine, we would need the support system that we have in place. Life is tough. Sometimes things don't go according to plan, as we know, and, and that could also include dealing with family members maybe that aren't as far along from a spiritual maturity perspective as we are I wish we had more time to unpack some of these things. We're getting close to wrapping up our conversation. So what I would say here, just to kind of bring this full circle here, Pat, is in about 60 seconds or less, how has working for the Lord and having that mentality just overall made your life better, personally, professionally, going through life, working for the Lord? I'm not doing these dishes for anybody. I'm doing them for the Lord. I'm not necessarily going to work for my paycheck or bottom line. I'm doing this. For the Lord, bringing glory and honor to the Lord. How has that made your life personally and professionally more enriching? And in closing, why would you encourage our listeners today to really adopt Colossians three twenty three as their own personal mantra?
1: Well, it as as my dad said to me uh, after I uh, you know came uh, came to the Lord. He he said, "Gosh, it makes life easier, doesn't it?" And uh, and and that is the that, that would be the, the theme is that you're not alone and it 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 brings Jesus Christ and and the living Holy Spirit with you every step that you take, every moment of your life. And non-Christians don't have that. They they are bereft of that relationship. And so when you have the Holy Spirit with you, uh, and you're making decisions, and you're working every day, and, and as you said, life is hard, um, and you're faced with challenges, and you're faced with those sorts of things, you have the, holy, the living Holy Spirit in you, along with you, to be able to, um, to help guide those difficulties, those challenges um the pain, the suffering uh, that we go through, uh, and uh, you know non-believers don't have that and uh, it's a tremendous gift that uh, that Jesus Christ is is bestowed upon us uh, until he returns again and um, so you know, when I feel the Holy Spirit in me, um, I have a sense of peace about whatever is going on in my business, around my business, the challenges that we're facing. And so I find that to be very, very comforting uh, in times of trial.
0: Well, one of the things that you said, two words in particular, tremendous gift. Well, you, Pat Riley, have been a tremendous gift to C-Suite for Christ personally. Well, you're thank tre- you. You're a tremendous gift to me. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're not already an official member of C-Suite for Christ, Pat also could be a tremendous gift to you because he is what we call within our organization our MOP. Pat serves as our membership optimization partner. So every person who becomes a member of the C-Suite for Christ organization gets a 30-minute conversation with this knucklehead. And what he does is he he talks to you about how to optimize... Right. No, it's a, it's a blessing to say the least. He talks to you about how to optimize your membership in our organization, how to take advantage of our ministries, how to get the most out of your membership. So if you want a conversation with this guy, perfectly consider joining C-Suite for Christ. But in the meantime, Pat, as always, it was an ble- a absolute blessing and a pleasure to speak with you, the president and CEO of New Horizons of Wisconsin. Thank you for your time, Pat. We always appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Paul. And I am happy to be the mop
0: well we're happy to have you god bless you, brother (laughs) i bless you well my special thanks go out to pat riley member of c-suite for christ and also the c-suite for christ mop and yes i'd love to hold that over his head i'm the mop i'm the mop i'm the mop as he likes to say mop member optimization partner so if you become a member Of the C-Suite for Christ organization, and you join the nearly 2,000 Christian business executives all over the world that are associated with our organization, you are going to talk to the one, the only, the Pat Riley, and he's going to help you optimize your membership in C-Suite for Christ. But what an enlightening conversation we had with him, again, the CEO of New Horizons of Wisconsin. And again, I just want the big takeaway for you today, my brother or sister in Christ, is just to recognize, according to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. as working for the Lord, not for human masters. If you're a stay-at-home parent, do it with all your heart as if the Lord is your boss. If you're a keynote speaker, do it with all your heart as if the Lord is your boss. If you're a garbage man, do it with all your heart as if the Lord was your boss. Regardless of what you're doing, There is no hierarchical structure in God's mind. One job is not better than another in God's mind. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter how much money that you make. It doesn't matter what kind of power or prestige is associated with it. It doesn't matter how fancy schmancy your business card may look. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord. And just think about what that's going to do for your life. You know, you might have that Sunday night dread. It might be hard to get out of bed on a Monday because you don't like your boss, because you don't like the job that you're assigned to do, because work can be a little bit stressful from time to time. Just imagine that you're working for the Lord and the Lord is your boss. Just give glory and honor to him. If your boss doesn't recognize it, so what? If your coworkers don't recognize it, so what? If society doesn't recognize it, So what? As long as the Lord recognizes it, as long as your heavenly father recognizes it, that should give you peace of mind. That should fill your heart with joy. And if you go into every day saying, Lord, whatever I do today, I'm going to do to the fullest extent possible. I'm going to give you glory and honor, not so much in what I say, but what I do and how I go about my day. What could be better than that? It's going to give you more personal fulfillment. It's going to give you more job satisfaction. And I guarantee if you go through life with that mentality, you're going to be better, more efficient, more effective at your job. And just think of the positive ramifications that might come out of something like that. You can't go wrong. If you pay attention to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. We'd love it if you would bring your entire heart to a future gathering of C-Suite for Christ, either in person or virtually. We do get together the third Wednesday of every single month. It would be an absolute blessing to enjoy some high-quality fellowship with you, as well as Christian executives from all over the world. To learn more about our organization, we are planting chapters all across the country. God is on the move. It's been very exciting to be a part of. To learn more about our ministry, to learn more about our organization, to sign up to join us for a future gathering, check out our website at csweetforchrist.com. C, the letter C, sweet, S-U-I-T-E, S-U-I-T-E for christ.com. We are all over social media. We are punching back at conventional wisdom that says Christ does not have a place on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube and check out some of our high-quality Christian content. If you want to literally wear your faith on your sleeve, we have our C-Suite for Christ swag store, our merchandise outlet, so you can get some pretty neat stuff. And what an amazing conversation starter it is. If somebody sees a C-Suite for Christ lapel pin, a ball cap, a t-shirt, whatever the case may be, you can truly be a fisher of men if the world starts to see whose you are. It's been a blessing to talk to you today, my friends. I'm Paul M. Newberger, the founder of C-Suite for Christ, your host here at the C-Suite for Christ podcast. Thank you for joining us to ensure that God is on the move because together, one day at a time, we're going to cover the world in Christ. God bless you, everybody. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. People everywhere are thirsting for Christ. Our goal is to cover the world in Christ using hope, encouragement, and God's nourishing words. We hope you'll join us. Please visit csuiteforchrist.com and come back soon for more conversations centered around God's endless love for us all.
1: I saw you in my dreams before I came. when i think about you i won't forget you life goes on and on and